Hi, everyone, and welcome to our weekly governance update. Uh, I, I know, too much of a good thing. Can you get too much of a good thing? Probably. Uh, you've had a budget edition this week. Now you're going to get a normal Local Government Act implementation edition. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Chris. I've got to say, I'm just, I'm so disappointed. So up for the, the not only the tie, but the jacket on the last episode. Now the tie's gone, you can't even bother to wear a jacket. I mean... What's going on? I didn't get the memo, Chris, but you obviously just set out to one-up me and wear yours. Thanks for that. My normal uniform, haven't you noticed? But anyway, um, we're going to talk in a moment with Hannah Duncan-Jones about uh, mayoral elections. All the stats are in where we're at with the Local Government Act implementation um, and VLGA, in, in, just before Hannah comes into the room, VLGA induction. How's that going? It's been good, Chris. We've been uh, been across the countryside out to as far as Mansfield and Bansdale and uh, a few Zoom sessions as well. Um, it's, it's an interesting one, Chris, because uh, even thinking more widely about the feedback I've had broadly, there's no doubt this is the honeymoon period. And um, of course, people want to come together and work well, and we've got a new act. Um, so a quality induction, a quality process in regard to the code of conduct, and hopefully when those tensions arise, councils will be resilient enough to continue to work well as a team. Oh, I, th I think Hannah's here. I just heard a knock on the door. So just stand by while she comes in. And a pleasure to welcome Hannah Duncan-Jones from Local Government Victoria. Hannah, as you are probably aware, is the director responsible for the implementation of the Local Government Act 2020. No small feat, no pressure, Hannah, but how are you feeling at this stage in the process? Um, look, I think it's it's really going exceedingly well. Um, we've got great breadth of engagement and um, it's really exciting um, the work that we're now doing in partnership with VLGA, LG Pro and MAV and hopefully everybody is um, latching on to the great video series you've all made um, to support the induction of um, new councils but equally good for staff um, in terms of understanding some of the stuff about the Act so brilliant work from you all um, and um, I, I, we can keep on doing this kind of collaboration with the sector with yourselves then I think that you know we're continuing to set councils up for success. Well you know at the risk of uh, stealing someone else's phrase we are all in this together so we're very very happy to work with you uh, on that Hannah and I can tell you uh, after the first couple of days of those videos going live the gender equality one is the one that is really hitting it out of the park in terms of people uh, watching that all the way through but they're all striking a chord and we've got a little bit more to come too. So it's been, a, it's been fun working with you on that. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, the big story of course though this week is uh, now that all the councils have installed their mayors and in many cases deputy mayors, we've got some interesting stats to share. Yeah, so we have. So the, we've got 45% um, um, female mayors and 43% deputy mayors. And we've got 13 councils where it's an all women mayoral team so that's um, a, an exciting evolution given that for many many years it was an all-male mayoral team across all of the councils so um, great to see those 13 councils with um, an all-female um, team there in the two roles. Um, there is seven councils who've decided not to go with the deputy mayor um, so out of the 76 um, there is 69 deputy mayors across the the sector so mm. those those folk have got a big job coming up the the leadership of the the new council 
community engagement, um, leading the development of the vision, the council plan, um, as well as undertaking a successful induction. So um, it's so important to um, be inducted together, even if you're a returning council or there is so much new to learn about the Local Government Act 2020. Um, and it's about a learning process together and it's part of how you come together as a council, um, develop and understand each other so that you can work together over the four year term. So very exciting times ahead for um, those, all of those councils. Um, uh, the 79 altogether, but the 76 who've had elections as well. Yes, and of course, understandably, the three that are under administration don't have a deputy mayor. But Steve, you've had a look at those uh, seven just to see if we can get any sort of trends there as that have chosen not to have a deputy mayor. Would I be right in thinking they're largely small rurals that have the smaller cohort of councillors in the first place? Well, you're right in the case of Queenscliff, uh, Chris, and then you've got Loddon, Northern Grampians, Pyrenees, so uh, rurals. But aligned to that, you've also got some uh, regional cities, Horsham and Wodonga City, um, okay. gone without a deputy mayor as well. Um, I don't know that we draw any conclusions from that, just that uh, from that cohort of councillors, uh, they've been able to choose a mayor and maybe they don't see the need for a deputy mayor or perhaps it's the availability and capacity of, of councillors to fill those roles. Is that how you'd see it, Hannah? Yeah, look, I think so. I think that, you know, some of those councils also have a very small number of councillors. And so, um, you know, actually having a deputy mayor may actually create um, time inefficiencies that, or, or, you know, just inefficiencies in operation that aren't practical. So, you know, that's one of the things, the practicalities of the size of your council cohort is really important to consider. One thing I know we don't have the stats on yet, so I won't put you on the spot, is the comparison of those uh, those mayoral breakdowns from a gender point of view as compared to last year. Just looking down the list, I can see as many that were male that are now female or, uh, or vice versa. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any trends there. But I think worth noting that 44%, as we know, just on of councillors elected this time around are female. Uh, interesting that we've got 45% female mayors, 43% deputy mayors. There's a little bit of synergy there that uh, I think makes some sense. Lovely, lovely set of numbers that we're going to make even better over the term. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So, Hannah, uh, let's move on to where we're at with the implementation of uh, LGA 2020. I imagine now that induction started, um, council laws are probably asking a lot of questions of their administrations uh, as the new uh, term starts. What sorts of inquiries are you getting or sorts of themes that are coming out of what you're hearing from around the sector at the moment? Yeah, so there's some that are related to activities that only happen every four years and some that relate to changes under the Life of Government Act 2020. So thinking about the oath of office, thinking about personal interest returns and thinking about um, the component of the allowance that is allocated to superannuation and, and how to do that. Um, also a few questions in relation to when will we have the transition to the new remuneration tribunal and what's the task of council in terms of setting the allowance within the uh, agreed bands between that point in time before a determination is made. So look, it's, it's, it's really about not just making sure that we're following up with all of those inquiries and getting good advice out there. Um, certainly following up where they're common questions that are coming up in the implementation matters um, email that goes out fortnightly going out again tomorrow. Um, so that, you know, it's not just the person who asks, but it's a wider, um, you know, the, the wider sector who gets those responses. But it, 
Um, the superannuation one is quite clear. The council pays the 9.5% to the council law and the council law can decide what they do with that and they should take tax advice in relation to how they treat it. They can put it straight into their own super fund or um, a, a self-managed fund, um, but whatever they do, they should take tax advice about how that's treated as a proportion of their allowance. So it's not actually superannuation per se, it's an allowance for superannuation. Um, yeah. So personal interest returns, you know, it's it's all of the, the kind of micro stuff there. So there's nothing that's necessarily a big theme, but we've been picking up on those and giving the responses across the board in relation to that. Um, I guess that um, the, the oath of office has been really questions about how do you do the oath of office um, remotely um, as the regulations allow, allow um, and ensuring that, you know, councils have got good advice in relation to doing that and uh, are able to effectively undertake the oath. A lot of those questions do come up every four years. You're right. I'm having a deja vu just uh, hearing you talk about that. Um, I have seen the new personal interest returns out of uh, necessity. They are different. There is more information being uh, required on those forms. And I know there's a flurry of emails going around, uh, like, for example, uh, CEOs who sit on boards that all of a sudden need an extra layer of information that they haven't had before. So um, um, I'm sure people are helping each other, but just to be aware that it is a new process and it'll take a little time for people to uh, to get on board with it. Yeah, and it, they are really important. Um, they're a really important public record. Um, obviously, there is information that is not made public, but in its entirety, it is really important part of the integrity system to have those records created in the first instance and then updated um, yeah. on a six monthly basis as required. They are critical as underpinning the integrity um, framework within the Act. Now, Steve, you're doing a lot of induction with councils at the moment. What sorts of things are you hearing um, around uh, the, the things that are challenging people or interesting people in how they go about what they need to do? I think in part, Chris, it's that uh, what we might have expected anyway, the uh, the shift to a principles-based act on issues around confidentiality and conflict of interest, the fact that councillors are having to think about those in a different way and it's really moved the personal responsibility. And, um, in fact, probably a good story uh, because the new councils have inherited governance rules from the previous councils in that tranche that needed to be adopted by 1 September. Um, so really for the new councillors coming up to speed with the meeting procedures and declaration of conflict of interest and elements that are in the governance rules, but um, pretty good feedback so far on uh, the quality of the work that's been done across the sector. Terrific. Now, Steve, I think you've heard uh, a whisper that the sector's about to get a Christmas present, an early Christmas present. Am I right? Well, Hannah might know better than me, Chris, but I know that um, uh, councils have been working very hard uh, to adopt their annual reports and all the local government performance reporting data has um, has been submitted. Hannah, I'd, so the, the sort of query I've got is when are people going to be able to access the updated information on that rather excellent Know Your Council website? Um, so I'm not going to give you the exact date, but certainly an early Christmas present is on its way for councils and community. Um, the with another year of data on Know Your Council, it'll just be even richer um, in terms of being able to look at and compare councils together in relation to um, you know, what's happening in particular spaces. So it's it's great to see this um, data continue to be gathered um, and published for everybody to look at. Thanks, Hannah. And really, won't it be interesting as to how 
isn't the other element with data how well we use it? Because we know that the data for um, 1920 and also indeed 2021 at least will be affected by COVID and we sort of expect variation in data uh, which is you know part of that analysis you're talking about Hannah. Oh, look, absolutely. And I mean, I guess if you um, have also been watching the, um, the the state budget and looking at um, the out years and how they are being projected in relation to expenditure, um, you will certainly see some, um, you know, areas of tightening in councils for them to be enabling themselves to think into the future about that recovery phase and how you do that. Mm. Um, and that, of course, is going to be a big part of the conversation through the development of the vision and the council plan um, and budgets going forward with communities about how do we get this balance right? Um, and also, how do we um, leverage the opportunities that are coming with the, the budget that's just been delivered? Um, so there are substantial um, opportunities. You know, there's Growing Suburbs Fund, there's the Libraries Fund, there's the Roadside Weeds and Pest. Um, there's a new program to support women building surveyors um, that we'll be happy to be releasing some more information about very, very soon um, so that we can get um, 40 women in councils undertaking a course that will enable them to become a women building surveyor. So lots of good stuff out there in the budget, but in the broader budget, there's some great stuff as well for councils. I'd almost think that you've watched our very special VLGA Connect Governance Update budget edition, Hannah, but of course the information <laughs> all came from you in the first place anyway, but I do recommend that, that episode to you. If for nothing else to see Steve and I in a tie for what is probably the only time in 2020. <laughs> A budget tie. <laughs> well, well, no, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to elevate it to that level. It's just a tie. But uh, thank you, as always, for being a part of our governance program and to bring us the update. I know you're going to give the sector a bit of a rest in terms of co-design activity till after the new year. So, on behalf of everyone who's been working really hard this year, thank you for that. Um, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks again, as always. I think I just heard the door shut. Thanks, Hannah. Steve, uh, anything else to report before we wrap it up for our governance update? I think that's been a busy enough time, Chris. I'll save some material for next time round. Excellent. And you perhaps find yourself a jacket. Keep yourself nice. We do have standards to uphold here on the governance update. <laughs> I, I will consider myself chided, Chris. See you, you next too. week. Steve Cooper from the VLGA with us on the governance update. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again very soon.